apparently I'm supposed to be jolly and have a bag of toys or something. Well, he volunteered <laughs> to dress up as Santa, so... Really? I didn't volunteer. I mentioned that that's probably what you'd stick me in doing. <laughs> you mentioned it, so why not? <laughs> it's as close to a volunteer as we're ever going to get, so... Welcome to Bay Floor Discussions with Ed Pinnell, John Morrison, Brian Cole, and Eric Field. So um, here's our second episode. This week uh, we're trying to take off a little bit from what we did last week without kind of falling back in the same rut of the same discussions. Uh, back with John Morrison again, Chief Brian Cole, and we also brought along uh, Eric for this one. You want to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name's Eric Field. I've been in the fire service 26 years, but I've pretty much grown up in it. My whole family's been involved. I'm a firefighter one and two, instructor two. And uh, multi specialty certs, so I'm I'm pretty pretty well advised. Awesome, thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right, so uh, we'll kick it right off. Um, again, trying to go off of what we were talking about last week. Uh, as training gets more uh, technology dependent, with things like Zoom meetings and you know a lot more internet-based stuff. Uh, how do you keep older members involved and interested in that type of learning and uh, also how do you keep new members how do you get that excitement that you used to get from hands-on training to the newer members uh, when you can't necessarily do that training as often so clearly there needs to be a balance um, we can't just do online training via zoom we discussed this last week i know eric field wants to build off of that we've discussed it over the week but technology is here to stay and it's only becoming more advanced there's no way around it so the older members not liking technology is just it's problematic and it's just not um what am i trying to say i don't think that it's the fact that they they don't like it it's that they're not comfortable with it right so comfortable yeah so that's what I was kind of getting at is that it's here to stay and what we could do for the older members is maybe do a training on the platforms we use like zoom other sorts of platforms because I mean what's the frustration that um, the older members face is they don't know how to use it I mean it's confusing it's complicated but if we take time to show them how to use it eliminate that fear I think we'd uh, get a better result absolutely I know you had talked about it in our instructor class you know they have the the, the simulator for like a pumps class online and um, you know where we're in Maine we're getting into winter we can't necessarily go out and flow water but that's definitely a skill that if you don't use very often people can forget and uh, start to trip up on so it's nice to be able to just keep training it to some extent even if it's not physically out there with the trucks and um, you know with the zoom stuff it seems like we're doing that more with EMS and not with fire but uh, I think we're uh, probably headed back that way though right we're 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 limited in what we can do but you can't 
stop drinking. You know, we we need to find ways to keep moving forward. And this online stuff is kind of the best we got until we come up with something else and new strategies uh, and new new uh, class outlines that are going to meet these standards that we're put into now. I think the the hardest part for us is the the budgeting and to have the equipment to do this online stuff. It's like what I was telling John a little bit about is you have the older members of the department that may not have the same type of technology as the younger members of the department and how do you make that available to them so that they can be on the same platform and the same have the same abilities that's the difficult part because we all know that we're strapped for money and doing the best we can especially in our rural area um i feel like it goes back to what john was saying though a lot of times it's not so much that a member can't afford it it's like you got an older person that still uses a flip phone you know, they could get a smartphone, but they don't want it. You know, they, just because now you may or may not have Zoom meetings, and I'm sure they're going to have something like that probably for whatever they do for work if they're not retired as well. So uh, it's just something that they've actively avoided up until this point, and now they kind of need to conform to to do something that they've enjoyed doing for this long. Well, we've, Eric, we've seen it in our instructor class where we have members that are like, well, I don't do PowerPoints or I don't know how to use PowerPoints. And we're like, well, this is an instructor class. It's, it's time learn. to learn. Here's right? how you learn. <laughs> yeah. Here's when you learn. Well, and some of that, you know, like Eric says, comes down to, to money and budgeting. Um, if that's something that we need to, to enhance, you know, if we have to, if, if we need to budget more equipment for AV stuff, um, one to, to host, to do the presentation, but for members to sign out, you know, at some point it, we, we buy everybody fire gear. We issue them, you know, $3,000 worth of gear. If I have to add another four or 500 bucks in to have some iPads sitting here, so if someone doesn't have it, they can sign it out so we can do a training. Then that's, you know, that's going to be something that the leadership has to develop, uh, develop the plan and, and execute on it. Right. That's exactly what I was getting at is that it's, it's going to have to be a budget line put in down the road because that's the way we're going. And, and some of these people, not only the capabilities of equipment, but the connection, you know, some of the areas that we have barely have cell service, let alone internet service. Right. Um, so it's just another, it's a whole bunch of loops we're going to have to jump through, but it's its definitely, as we've noticed in this last year, something that needs to be done and needs to be looked at yeah. in a serious fashion. I don't want to jump around too much, but I, what I, it's going to kind of roll into is, I mean, how often do you see someone that not necessarily doesn't have that access, but just doesn't have that desire to learn a new skill, So, or not necessarily a new skill, but a new way of learning that they just go you know what it's gotten to this point and this this is where i think i pull a plug right because i mean i know when i started man it was, it was awesome it was just a completely different environment that i showed up to and i had a mentor that was there every single week and we did trainings every single week even when the department wasn't involved i got out and you know checking the trucks over and uh, you know it, it seemed like we we did so much hands-on learning 
and then and I haven't been doing this a long time but actually to look back at it I've only been here eight years and just the change in that amount of time is it's insane yeah um, so I think that's just kind of a change in the times change in uh, in generations I, I see it in the different departments I've looked at well, it's a change in mentality I mean none of us it, you could take a poll and ask how many people knew about Zoom January of last year, and they would have said, Zoom what? Right. You know, the bus service, <laughs> right? But two months later, everybody's using Zoom, and now it's a, it, that's a household name. It's not, and you just, you just roll with it, and, and we always improvise, adapt, and overcome, and that's what's been presented to us you know, yep. for this platform, so... Right, so, so far, I mean, who, who knows what else it could come up with. Right. right, what are the two things that firefighters say? Change in the way they are. Right, so... <laughs> I've never heard that, that's nice. <laughs> you, you throw at them a bunch of new technology, and their knee-jerk reaction is going to be no. no. I mean, you probably haven't been in this field long enough, but when they switch from paper runs to electronic runs and EMS, the pushback... And the comments that I've heard were amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's just people don't like it. And then that is why I said I kind of related it to training because they kind of threw that system out and they left it up to the departments to train. Some departments barely trained on it and we kind of had to figure it out on our right. own. Yeah. So going to live in-person training to Zoom and then throwing at people that, barely use technology and use flip phones i mean you're going to get a lot of frustration right you know people with the camera right in their face right. backing up, yelling at it <laughs> is it on yeah but uh yeah so um how do you think things have changed as far as just interest in the fire department uh you know i when i started i was a volunteer like everyone else or like most people started as a volunteer uh that knew nothing. I literally knew that there was a fire department. The fire department had red trucks that carried water that went to fires. That was that was about it. To walk through the door and to learn the steps of how you actually get your training and uh, you know start to fight fires and all this other stuff. And it it seems like at least I don't notice anybody doing that anymore. I, I don't see as many juniors as I used to. I don't see as uh, many people from the community that are just like interested in what we do anymore and you think that's that's been a change in the community or a change in mentality or what do you what do you guys think has brought that about I think it is a lot of things that you could probably cover in one podcast alone <laughs> um, well society itself has changed I mean both parent parents in the household are working I mean in my house alone we're working both of us are working several jobs so in order to volunteer it's going to take away time from other things yeah it, it's definitely a, a change in from where we were in the 50s and 60s you know we there was a lot more manufacturing around you know if we're just going to discuss this area think of the think of the manufacturing that we used to have versus what we have now, right. you know? There's a, a lot of the businesses have gone 
towards more populated areas. So they're, the residents are going to follow that. Yep. Um, so, you know, you, you pull all that into account and it, it's just takes so much to get through life without adding in a volunteer portion of it, which it, we say volunteer, obviously call company, but, um, right. In this it, town, it's not, but I mean, right. there are places around here that still, they don't get paid at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, there, there's a million and one reasons why. Um, so how, how do you overcome it? You know, how do you, how do you generate the interest? Right. Well, I'll be totally honest that my interest is definitely roller coastered in the past few years. <clears throat> I mean, I, I put 26 years in, I've done a lot of training, a lot of different stuff. And then, uh, you know, it comes to time where you just need to take a break. Yeah. Like it all depends on what level you are in the department. If you're one of the guys that are high on top, I didn't say at the beginning, but I'm a retired deputy chief. I left because of politics, yeah. but I didn't leave totally. I'm still teaching for the area and doing a lot of instruction. So I'm staying in it, but I feel more worth doing that yeah. than fighting politics every time I go in the station. Higher value. Yeah. So I'll be totally honest. That's the reason I've kind of stepped back a little bit. Yeah. Um, is just the way I've been treated in some of the other places I've been. I just didn't feel worth it. I didn't feel part of the team. Yeah. So I, I slid back, took a break, and now I'm getting back into it. And now I've, I'm helping out three other towns and a bunch of people in the county teaching classes. And, and it, it feels great. Yeah. And I'm, I'm getting back into it. I, I think everybody needs to, to take a break, and hopefully they get back into it. But it, it's, I think the biggest thing is letting everybody have their voice be heard and, and be part of the team. And then they'll stick it out and not just feel like they're another employee that has right. to go through step A, step B, step C. And they're there for a job if you make it so it's fun like they've always said if it's fun it's not right. work make it fun and just to feel appreciated you know it, it's nice when some when you show up at a training and people say hi and talk about what you know they haven't seen you in a little while whatever versus you show up at a training and you know nobody says anything you go through your your training evolutions or whatever you pack your crap up and leave and that's like well and that i mean look at the technology the first part we were talking about getting technology for for some of our senior members who may not have it or have the interest in it but you're removing that conversation piece because social media right you know what's ed doing this weekend oh i'll just go check it out yeah. he's doing something with a snowmobile he's doing something with his car He's working on this truck for I don't know how many years. <laughs> I I mean, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, some of that stuff you just you keep up with. Some people keep right. up with because kind social media background. is such a presence. There, you know? there has also been quite a cultural shift in the fire department, though. I mean, because when I first joined, I'm sure when you first joined, the fire department wasn't like a job it was more of an extension of your family exactly yeah. and that kind of just went away and now it's more of a job i mean you show up and you're like well am i going to get um brought hassled into the office for, yeah, for something brought in the office for this hassled for that you know this person's always on my case blah 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 and it's more of uh, us against them mentality versus an extension of a family right. i mean i know we've all seen it and it's it's just well, that's what I'm I'm kind of trying to figure out because it seems to be fairly universal for for all the departments in this area and it it's been so quick, 
you know, like I said, I haven't really been nice. here that long. I've been here eight years, and when I first showed up, I mean, it, it's got nothing to do with how we've run things as a, the department that I've seen, because it seems like our our department reacts to how the members react. You know, we used to have the trainings with the dinners, and then as people stopped showing up, we said, okay, we're not going to do that. So it's not like you can blame the department. Oh, they just don't do it anymore. Well, we don't do it anymore because nobody wanted to. Right. But that took that away. It took that um, that family feeling away, that, um, that feeling that you were actually going to learn things, but you were also going to hang out yeah, with right. the people you knew. Well, and the same side, like John was touching on, time's money. And, you know, you have that family stuff, but... If you're there two or three nights a week doing trainings and doing classes and you work in those three other jobs, you don't have time to, to hang out and, and be there. You're off trying to pay your bills at home. So right. it's, it's a very thin line to walk down and, and try to balance both sides. Um, and and you know, like I said earlier, it's not the, the fun to look for, but you got to have some sort of taste of laughter in the career that we have in public safety because every single time we go out the door, it's somebody's worst day. Right. right, and we we can't just bottle that up and take it home. We've got to we've got to release that somehow. And if we're not allowed to do that because we're being treated like we got to follow the steps and walk on eggshells, yeah, it just makes it uncomfortable and it makes makes you not want to be there. Yeah, you're always worried about saying the wrong thing to the wrong person, and you know the the consequences of that. Which you know there's consequences for everything, but like you said, this is a this is a career path that causes some some unpleasant experiences so. right yeah but absolutely like back then there used to be a balance i right. mean leaderships and chiefs you knew what not to do and what to do and that was whether it was just common knowledge or just understood and then now it's just like okay what's new today you don't know what your expectations are anymore and you're like okay if i do this am i gonna uh, receive um, uh, counsel. Yeah, for yeah, because it. every day you're worrying about what the guy did yesterday. I worry about that every day. Right. You know. Right. The other thing that's been growing, uh, I won't say it's gotten exponential in the last few years, but the requirements as a volunteer firefighter, there's so many certifications you got to have now in your um, your mandatory trainings at the beginning of the year. You know, when you're a volunteer or paid per call or whatever you want to call it, the amount of time you've got to take away from your family is just to stay up to date and to stay current and to stay uh, legal is is pretty crazy. You know, that's like you guys were saying, that's time away from potentially earning money. That's time away from your family. That's time away from whatever else. Right. And really when it when you attach mandatory to anything it the takes on an control. instant negativity yeah you're making me do this yeah. again well i am and here's the reasons why yeah um so but there's got to be a way that we can bring back interest in that stuff because training altogether not just mandatory but altogether yeah. is just gone downhill right and i feel if like we could make trainings interesting, whether we pizza or make it a game or something. I think we could start building off of that. Because 
even if somebody only shows up for five calls a year and shows up for mandatory trainings, that mandatory training is the only interaction he's going to have with the fire department as a whole. Right. So we don't want to make it that negative, um, give it that negative feeling. I mean, there's got to be ways we can put some positivity to it. I think in, in our region, we're working on that. We're in the middle of that instructor class right now. We have 15 students. Yep. Before that, the reason we're putting on that class is because there's only three or four of us in the area right. that are certified instructors. Right. So these guys are seeing the same face over and over and over again. To make it a little more exciting, it's not just John or Eric or Ed or Brian teaching again. Bring in a different, bring in a different right. person. And I think with the 15 people that we're going to put through this program, we'll help bring more activity to the area, sure. more opinions, more education, more everything. And hopefully we'll at least lift up our region. Well, that's what I think is cool about that class too, is not all the students are from a single town or even from surrounding towns. There's a couple people from a little, little ways down the road. And uh, I think that's, that's good too, because the same thing, like you said, it's not, oh, we're going to Central and we'll figure out what we're going to do from there. It's, hey, we're going out of town tonight because what is it, the the 10 mile rule, 20 mile rule, where like if you're going beyond 20 miles, that person's an expert. So you're you're learning this big <laughs> this big skill from somebody that knows what they're doing. So somebody could be more excited just because it's a change of scenery, it's right. a change of equipment, exactly. it's something new. But I think that's um, that's really key is uh, to get people interested in, in the trainings again. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun when I was brand new learning things. And when I joined, and there was 20 people at every training, and like I know that the generations have changed a little bit. I know a lot of the people that uh, are at the station now work other departments or work full-time jobs, so it's really difficult to get that same participation. But um, there, there's got to be there's got to be some answer for it to figure out. Well, trainings trainings now are much more in depth than they were eight years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. You know, 20 years ago, we'd get together on a Saturday and go pump water all day and hang out, have Italians at lunch and put everything back together. Now, as we go through this instructor course, there's so much to actually putting on a certified training that it is, it, it's cumbersome for the half dozen certified instructors that need to, to develop those plans. You know, it, it's not like we can just throw something together tomorrow and tomorrow night we'll have a potluck after and, yeah. you know. No, but having those plans and, and those instructors, yes, it is cumbersome, but I think on the backside of that, if they're well prepared and they have the training all set up and they know what they're going to do, you're not wasting the people's time. Oh, absolutely. One thing drives me nuts is going into a training or a meeting and spending the first 15 minutes figuring out figuring what we're, we're going to do or yeah. setting it up because the person wasn't prepared. That's and that's, that's time is money. So, yeah. I mean, I'd rather go in and say, hey, this is what we're doing. We're starting right now. Get it done. Go home back to my family. Right. Get the job done. And I think that's, that's the trouble we're in is that some of us are going to have to put in a little more work to help out the other end of this and then hopefully more people will get excited more people become instructors and it'll just build the wealth that so that happens to me quite often for one of the departments i am part of 
is for training nights, they will stand around. Well, they'll eat for the first hour. Then they'll stand around for 20 minutes and be like, what are we going to train on tonight? And then, then they'll throw out, well, let's train on trucks, which basically means everybody will do truck checks for them while they sit around and <laughs> chat. I belong to a department where every weekend, like Brian said, we'd get together on a Saturday, Sunday on our own time, not even getting paid for it. Just show up. We'd take a truck out, play with new equipment, rearrange something, train on or whatever. We'd decide we were doing lunch. We'd have lunch clubs. It was every single weekend. We had a certain day. Everybody knew you chipped in so much. We figured out what we were going to do. We all went down as a bunch of us to Hannaford, picked up groceries, came back, cooked it. That was the, the brotherhood and the family ship. And then you had people that wanted to know why there was a bunch of guys at the station all day long. And are we paying them? And you get those town folks that just didn't understand what was going on. And then you have to explain to them that, yeah, we're, we're there on the weekend. No, you're not paying for us. And if there's a call, guess what? we could fill three trucks within minutes yeah. out the door. Right. And, and trying to relay that to the, the citizens was huge in the department that I belong to. But, right. Uh, right. And that's a big thing is communicating to the people. Like what's required Trying to get the public us, involved right. in what the fire department is doing is going to do a lot and i think it would do a lot for for gaining new members too to actually show them what we're about instead of like i said when i came here all i knew was those fire trucks man that's firefighter huh? <laughs> <You know? laughs> they do fire things I, yeah, I don't know. social media definitely has a huge presence in that and we we need to we need to embrace that yeah. Because I can't tell you the amount of people that I've talked to that said, oh, you're a firefighter. Oh, I could never run into a burning building. Man, I can tell you on, I, I can count it on my hands, the amount of actual structure fires that I've been into. Right. I don't think people recognize that we need people to, to pull hose, to drive the trucks, to manage traffic, to uh, flowing water, you know, things that people think, hey, I can't do firefighting well you don't this isn't a career department this isn't what you're doing every single day if you can help us in any way we'll right. take you and we'll teach you and we'll we'll do what we can to to make you welcome and useful here well brian touched on the social media i think some departments are starting to go that way where they're they're taping their trainings and, and videoing and, and putting that stuff out there so people that aren't comfortable coming down and, and checking it out can watch from the comfort of their home or, or wherever and gain that interest or, or get that education that we're trying to get out to the public so that they might change their mind and go, oh, that's really what it's like? I, I might go down there next Wednesday and, and check that out, you know? We just got to remember that social media is a double-edged sword. It, it is. is. That's why the quali is. qualified instructors are good when teaching those trainings. Right. Absolutely. As long as they wear the proper gear. Right? <laughs> well, like you said earlier, this could be a... Uh, all podcasts event right. talking about this stuff for, for any of these topics yeah um i mean try and not circle around too much but i think the the organization of trainings goes a long way because i think that was kind of the, the beginning of the end um that i saw coming when when trainings started to taper down where we had 20 people standing around and you got three instructors that weren't really that you don't you don't need certified instructors to do weekly monthly trainings you know it's nice to be able to do a class that is certified and you get some sort of paperwork out of it but if you have three members of a rural department that are good at a single topic and you guys want to train on it i think that's that's good too 
when you got people standing around scratching their heads because they haven't put anything down on paper that they can look and uh, you know hey we're gonna train with these three trucks oh no this trucks out of service uh, we didn't have the parts on this one that, or tools on this one that we thought we had so now we've got one truck and 20 people standing around and uh, that happened yeah. earlier this year right <laughs> but I mean it that's with the crew that we have coming now before we had we had tons of people and we had people that would show up and they would literally be so what are we doing tonight i don't know i thought this person was handling it right. all right this person well what's this person doing i don't know this person isn't even in town right now yeah. <laughs> well, the other, so the other problems i've i've seen along the way is the specialty training because we're short so short on time departments are trying to do more specialized training and getting away from the basics yep. so when you do get a new member coming in they're getting thrown into the weeds into something that they've never even thought of doing before they even figure out how to dress a hydrant or pull a, a hose i've Put seen that a lot yeah. yeah i've seen that a lot lately where they'll actually get members in and then they'll start doing trainings on well actually for an incident one of the departments i'm part of they're starting to do they start training during the day on high angle rescues. They're not even a high angle rescue fire department, and yet they're teaching members that barely passed a basic fire school. And if you listen to any of them on a radio, they can't communicate because they've never got trained how to talk on a radio. Right. Right. Like basics need to be covered first. Exactly. And I, I see that as a, also a problem. And I think that's when you're the losing the new interest coming in because they feel that they're, they're over their head when they jump in right. and get thrown at stuff. Unless the department obviously sees that and can direct them properly. But that's the other trick is you got guys that have been there 50, 60 years and somebody that's been there for three days. In a training scenario, how do you keep everybody happy and active? Well, we started doing it when we did the um, joint uh, training committee. We decided to divide the groups because we had, what, we had four juniors at the time. Yeah. So we decided to take the juniors bring them off into another section and teach them stuff while the other guys went and did the more advanced stuff. So there's ways to do it. If you have enough instructors and you have people that are um, well-educated on the subject matter, you can divide the group up and be like, okay, you guys, we're going to do this tonight. We know you've mastered the basics, blah, blah, blah. And then bring the uh, people that still need to work on the basics off into and to the other group, and we have a call. Unfortunately, this podcast was interrupted for a call for service. We will continue this conversation next week. We appreciate everyone for listening.